Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. In today's interview, our guest shares a very actionable three-step process to help you live your life by design. Welcome to the Life as Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is one of the world's leading authorities on planning and productivity. He's trained and spoken for hundreds of organizations around the world. He served as an F-16 pilot in the United States Air Force for 11 years, was an advance agent for Air Force One, and traveled the world working with foreign embassies and the Secret Service. He's the CEO of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership and is the best-selling author of five different books focused on leadership, planning, and high performance, including his newest, Do Do what matters most. Lead with a vision, manage with a plan, prioritize your time. Here is Rob Schallenberger. Rob, welcome to the podcast. Hey, well, first of all, thank you, Josh. Uh, So awesome that you're doing this. And thank you to everyone who's listening or watching this. It says a lot about your character and your willingness to invest in yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. So Rob, I like to start off every single interview with a few questions to help us to get to know you better as a leader and give us some insight for our own lives. You ready for these? I am, let's do it. Yeah, let's rapid fire through these puppies. What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? Okay, good. There's two that come to mind. One in our Do What Matters Most book is this, that we will either lead a life by design or we will live a life by default. Hmm. And leadership regardless of who we are or what company we're in, starts right here with each one of us. Leading our own lives first, and then that expands out to our families, you know, our friends, our coworkers, and the people around us. So lead a life by design or live a life by default. Choice. And I love the other quote that goes along with that. It says, good, better, best, never let it rest till the good is better and the better is best. And it's an invitation for every one of us, regardless of where we are today, to take where we are and say, how can we do better? And have that open mindset. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is? Well, let's say, I'd say, first of all, a leader is transformational. It's easy to be transactional in today's world. And a leader who's a true leader is transformational. I'll use another one. Not sure if it's a descriptor, but a leader is not a manager. We manage things and we lead people. And so a leader can have the title of manager, but we're not just managing things and processes. We're leading people. And then a leader is someone who is true to character. In other words, they lead from the front and people would want to follow that person, him or her, with or without the title. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? Ooh, here's a good one. Anybody out there who wants to be a great leader, and all of us can do this in the spirit of good, better, best, is what are your blind spots? In other words, myself asking me, Rob, what are your blind spots, Rob? What are you not seeing? Because it's not what we don't know. It's what we don't know that we don't know. And we all have blind spots and we need to be very vigilant about what those are because they can really hit us. And that's why we need to be constantly learning, you know, watching and listening to podcasts like this, reading books and investing in ourselves and our growth. Because every time we do, every book we read, every podcast we listen to can potentially make us aware of a blind spot we didn't even know we had. What's a book that you would recommend to leaders? (laughs) Well, I don't want to sound self-serving here, but, you know, I've got to talk about the 
two of our five books because this is the whole premise of what we do as a company. And I've seen the impact it's had. Uh, we've had the chance to meet with the president of Rwanda one-on-one in his office, train his government, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, SAP. So it doesn't matter where a person's at in their life, just starting out, you know, retired. It doesn't matter. These two books and the premise behind them and the research behind them are life-changing. So I would recommend Becoming Your Best, The 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders. And then number two is Do What Matters Most. And again, I don't want to sound self-serving here, but what's in there and the habits and the research that has gone into this are so life-changing and powerful that I would hope that every person, every leader, and by leader, we mean every one of us, right? would be able to read these and apply the habits and see what impact they have in their lives. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? 100%. Here's the answer, pre-week planning. And you know, in the Do What Matters Most book, we're going to talk about this, I'm sure. There are three habits in the book. Habit number three is pre-week planning. It is probably the single, in my opinion, the single most important habit a person can adopt in their lives so that they can have a balance of success stories across the many areas of their lives. In other words, you know, how do you be successful personally in your home, with your friends, in the workplace? And pre-week planning is the process, the habit that will do exactly that. And now we have our final arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Ooh, I don't know the answer to that. (laughs) No, I'm just laughing. You know, I really don't know. They're probably both good questions. Uh, Sometimes I ask why and You know, I was just driving with my wife the other day and we asked ourselves, why not? (laughs) So I think sometimes there is a place for both of those. You know, habit number one in the book that I know we're going to talk about is to have a written personal vision. You know, we've we've all heard people say, find your purpose, find your passion, find your why. Well, that is important. There's no doubt about it. That is life changing when we can develop and articulate what that vision looks like. On the same note, though, there are many things that we're doing in our lives or that we're not doing. And maybe the right question then is, why not? Why not do that? Why not start that? You know, why not invest there? And so they're probably both appropriate questions in different scenarios. We'll be back with the rest of our interview right after this. As the leader of your organization, you have a lot on your plate. You work most of your day, leaving you little time to think about your own development. There's a resource for you, and it's called the Leadership Action List. Get the best leadership development tips for leaders by leaders at leadershipactionlist.com. The best news, it's free. Once again, for a year's worth of weekly leadership development, download the Leadership Action List at leadershipactionlist.com. So Rob, today we're talking about your book, Do What Matters Most. I'd love to hear from you what these three habits are. You have such a desire to get this information out to people. Even in our our conversation before we started recording, I know that this is a message that matters a lot to you. Can you share with us why and what are these three habits that people need to be focusing on to make sure they are doing what matters most? Okay. Yeah, this is great. Uh, Let me just start it out with a story. You know, there was a senior director at American Express and we met him at a keynote in Washington, D.C. at the Association just ATD, uh, we'll just call it that, at a conference. And after we were done, he beelined up to us, shook our head and said, this is what I've been looking for for years. And here was his background and story. And then this is why the habits become so important is he said, you know, I got promoted to this new job at American Express. My life up to this point had been great. Things were going so well. But with this new job came this just bombardment of things and he wasn't able to keep on top of all of them. So he had all of these competing priorities and demands on his time. And he said, it wasn't long before I started losing track of myself. 
you know, I wasn't exercising anymore. The, the things I was eating, my mental health, it, it was all starting to take a toll. And then he also mentioned that he has a special needs daughter. And he said, I felt like I wasn't giving her the time anymore that she deserved. And I wasn't dedicating the time to my marriage anymore that it required. And pretty soon this just became a self you know, self-sustaining spiral. And he said, what I was lacking and what I've looked all over for is a simple process that will help me schedule my priorities and get back on top of my life and take control of all of these competing demands that are coming at me. And that's exactly what these three habits are and do what matters most is they are three habits that will empower a person to do exactly what's in the title, which is what matters most. And I think we've all felt this demand on our time, right? From different places. I think you're working on a PhD, right, Josh? Did I hear that correctly? Absolutely. So, you know, you're doing this podcast, you've got all the demands of the PhD. So we, we can all relate in different ways what that feels like. And these three habits are designed to do what only 1% of people do, take control of our schedule, prioritize our time and do what matters most. And the three habits, while they sound simple, like I just mentioned, only 1% of people are doing these. And so that's the power for as much as they're talked about, they're not being done. And there's a huge gap out there. Habit number one is to develop a written personal vision. Habit number two, and the vision is high level. It's like the 30,000, 50,000 foot view of our lives. And it's in the book very descriptively on how to develop that personal vision so that it's meaningful to you, so that it gives you clear direction. Habit number two is to identify your roles and goals for the year. Again, goals are things that we've heard all, you know, we've heard about these a lot in our lives. We've probably set goals at some point, but again, it's not being done. 85% of New Year's resolutions are broken two weeks into the year. <laughs> so we're not asking people to set New Year's resolutions. What we're inviting them to do is look at their five to seven key roles, such as father or parent, spouse, you know, PhD uh, student, if you will. And then what are the one to four specific measurable goals this year in which you'd say, that's how I would measure success? Because once we have that clearly written goal, we're 90% more likely to accomplish it. And so there's huge power in habit number two, but it's really habit number three that brings them all together. You know, it's, it's awesome to have a vision. There's such a powerful feeling that comes with that. And only 2% of people have one, by the way. And then they have the roles and goals for this year. That creates focus. But still, the question is, what happens on the daily and weekly level? I mean, tomorrow, you know, the next day where it really meets the road. And that's why habit number three is the total game changer. And we call that pre-week planning. And we can talk about that in more detail if you'd like to, but it's the combination of these three habits that will help each one of us to lead a life by design rather than live a life by default. And if you don't mind, could I just take 30 seconds to share kind of what happened at the end result of that story? Yeah, please do. So once he walked up to us and said, you know, this is what I've been searching for. We asked him, apply the habits, finish your personal vision, develop your roles and goals, you know, in the role of father, in the role of husband, in his case, and then be consistent about pre-week planning for the next four weeks. And then write us an email and tell us what happened. And he wrote us an email at the end of the month. And he said, this has been so amazing because for the first time in my entire life, I really, I've really reconnected to my vision, you know, him writing it down. He says, this is the first time I've ever done this. It is for most people. And there was a real power, he said, that flowed into my life when I discovered, you know, this is what I need to be as a father. This is what the best looks like as a husband. My vision is husband. And then he started to identify what his vision looked like in his senior director role at American Express. He was letting all these little things govern and take away from the big things, the priorities. 
And then he said, after looking at what my goals were and consistently doing pre-week planning to identify what mattered most each day and week, he said, I started spending time with my daughter again. I started going on dates with my wife again and reconnecting and rekindling the relationship. And he said, I just felt this fire come back into my life. I reconnected with what was once there. And that's exactly what will happen to everybody who applies the habits, regardless of our starting point. And that's why I started with that quote, good, better, best. It doesn't matter where we are today. These habits will take us from good to better and better and remove some of the blind spots that we may not even even have been aware were there. So I do want to get to the pre-week planning because you've talked about that a couple times already as one of those key tactical approaches. That being said, it seems like that requires the first two steps to be taken. And I'd love to hear maybe some some big picture ideas of what those first two steps might look like. I know you go into it in your book, but some some practical steps or ways to begin thinking about that. Also, why does it work so well together? Is it because it funnels down from that overall vision, roles, goals, and then down to that tactical day-to-day, how do I actually enact what I know now? Yeah, that's exactly it, Josh. I mean, you've got to dial in. So pre-week planning could be done alone, in isolation. Pre-week planning alone, if someone will do that consistently, it's completely life-changing. It becomes exponentially more powerful, however, if it's done in conjunction with a vision and roles and goals, just like you said, for that reason. Because once we have the vision for each role, that, you know, that gives us meaning, that gives us direction. Our roles and goals are specific milestones then this year that we can move towards accomplishing that vision pre-week planning down at the daily and weekly level is where we can say, well, what can we do this week to accomplish that goal, to move us closer towards achieving it? And so that's exactly it. It funnels down to the daily and weekly level. Chapters three, four, and five, and six in the book are all about how to develop a personal vision and set your roles and a goal, set your roles and goals up in a way that will empower a person to be successful. In other words, they get you excited because I'll acknowledge what's real out there. I've seen this in hundreds of seminars is there's a real fear for some people around setting goals and a vision. It, it can bring out a lot of emotions to go through that process. And what I'd say is if you follow the way we outline doing it in the book, it's not a scary thing. To the contrary, it's so powerful. It's so liberating and freeing. I mean, imagine how awesome it would be to wake up every morning excited to face the day and know what your best looks like in each of your key roles in life. So it's not anything to fear. It's something to really grasp and get excited about. And so the really the how-to on those two habits, I'll leave for the book and then I'll answer your question on pre-week planning, which is how do we do that? Is that all right? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, and I think I think if if you've laid it out correctly, the pre-week planning can be done on its own beyond the vision and roles and goals. So if the pre-week planning is as powerful as you're saying, then that becomes probably the best sales page for your book. Because if you're able to help people do more and do what matters to them, then they're going to want to know how can I go deeper? How can I understand and develop my personal vision and my roles and goals? Yeah, that's exactly it. So it's all three habits coming together. Only 1% of people do all three habits. So obviously much more powerful when done in conjunction with your vision and goals. However, Uh, Let's just talk about pre-week planning for a second. In our research, we found that 68% of people feel like prioritizing their time is their number one challenge. And yet 80% of people don't have a process outside of sticky notes and to-do lists, (laughs) which inherently are reactive by nature. And so think about this, Josh. So pre-week planning is kind of like pre-flight planning. So, you know, I was a fighter pilot, right? So pre-flight planning is something that a pilot will do every single flight before they get into the cockpit. Now, imagine what would happen if a fighter pilot said, you know what, we're just going to wing it today. Well, it would be total chaos, right? Well, how many of us go into our weeks without a plan 
and expect a different result than the pilot would get. And so just like pre-flight planning is critical to the success of a pilot, pre-week planning is equally important in our lives if we want to prioritize our time and do what matters most. And maybe could I just take two minutes to just briefly share how we invite people to do this? Yeah, that'd be amazing. So here's, here's the basic premise behind it. First of all, I invite you to read chapter seven and eight of the book and, and really go through the, the power of pre-week planning and why we do it with a lot more depth. You know, some of the research behind it, some of the different stories and, and things like that. There are really four steps to keep it simple. And we invite people to sit down, first of all, at some point on the weekend, usually Friday to Sunday evening. And, and that 20 to 45 minutes is key. And a lot of people who lose the habit will say, you know, it was life changing. Well, then why did you stop? I don't know. <laughs> and I will say this, it takes a discipline to do pre-week planning. And we define discipline in the book as doing the right thing at the right time, regardless of how we feel about it. And pre-week planning, since it takes 20 to 45 minutes, is taking less than 0.03% of your week, yet it determines what you do with the other 99% of your week. And so this is not something that we can just procrastinate off or we will feel a huge drop in productivity, we'll feel an increase in stress and so on. So that 20 to 45 minute window over the weekend is key. And then we really invite people to go through four steps. And I would invite everybody listening to this to imagine what would happen in your mind if you actually did this. What, would, what impact would it have? So step one is to review your vision and goals, right? So that we're in alignment with, with, with what those are. Step two is in the same spirit as the vision and goals to identify your roles. So a parent, maybe a spouse, a manager, a sales rep, and personal is the most important role. In other words, it's us taking care of ourselves. So what are the five to seven roles? And then what matters most in each role this week? Imagine having a brainstorm with yourself and asking what you can do versus what you have to do. So for me, I have four children, a son and then three daughters. Uh, tonight is a horse ride because I pre-week planned that into my week with my daughter, Bella. So I'm asking every week, what can I do with each daughter, with my son? And in the role of husband, I ask, you know, what can I do with my wife this week? My vision in the role of husband, by the way, is that I am a kind and caring husband who always helps Tanya feel like a 10. I am totally faithful in thought and action, and I constantly strive to compliment her, serve her, and be the husband of her dreams. Now, is that how it goes in our house every day? Of course not. But that's why we have the vision is if we're out of alignment with our vision, then it's our job to get back in alignment with it. And so when I'm doing pre-week planning in the role of husband, I'm asking, what can I do to serve her this week, to spend time with her, quality time? Maybe it's a date night. Tomorrow morning, I already have written in there that I'm going to write her a little love note. And so these are things that we can do that we don't necessarily have to do. In the personal role, this is where things like exercise and reading and meditation and yoga would come in. So in other words, we're becoming very intentional about our life. And then the last step is to assign a time to each action item. So while it sounds so simple, just like that director at American Express, it gives people a process to lead a life by design and schedule their priorities. And things will come up. Uh, the expectation is never to accomplish 100% of what you pre-week plan. In fact, we call it a productivity quotient. And we invite people to plan for 70 to 80% accomplishment rate. You know, things will come up during the week. You're going to push some things, but it's all low stress. And the promise behind pre-week planning, and this is really important, Josh, for everyone to, to get this. The research behind this is that a person's productivity will increase by 30 to 50% when they're diligent and consistent about pre-week planning. What that means over the course of a year is accomplishing between 800 to 1,000 additional things that wouldn't have happened otherwise without pre-week planning. 
and all with less stress. <laughs> and so when we say it's a life-changing habit, yeah, if you and I live for another 30 years, Josh, or 40 years or 50 or whatever, let's say 30 to 40, that means over those 30 to 40 years, we're accomplishing 30 to 40,000 additional things in that span that wouldn't have happened without this habit. And we have tons of research to back this up. That's a very clear statement, you know, backed by our research that's in the book. And so we invite people to try this and, and try is kind of a weak word. I'd actually say, do it, <laughs> do it for four weeks and see what impact it has in your life. And, you know, I ask, what's the best that could happen? Well, you start doing things that otherwise were slipping through the cracks. You find more peace and less stress in your life. What's the worst that could happen? Nothing. <laughs> and so it's like everything to gain, nothing to lose by testing the power of these habits in our lives. I love that. Thank you for laying that out so well. One of the things that came to mind, this probably isn't a large thing in the grand scheme, but when it comes to identifying those roles, and if you're thinking about what can I be doing in each of those roles, would you recommend that people limit themselves to a certain amount? Because if you think through it, there are a lot of roles that you play in life. You know, key, key four or five areas. How do you begin helping people think through that so they don't become too busy trying to do things for everyone in their lives that they possibly could? Yeah, that's a great question, Josh. So in the book, uh, we will offer some people free templates. They can go to places like bybgoals.com where they can get some free vision and goals templates, pre-planning templates, et cetera. And on there, we invite people to look at the five to seven key roles that matter most to them for the exact reason that you brought up, Josh. And that is, you know, we all have a limit of bandwidth, time and resources, right? And so the title of the book is Do What Matters Most. How do we do what matters most with that constraint of resources and time that we all have? And so that's exactly it. Five to seven roles is typically a good starting point. Is it going to kill someone to have eight roles? No. Uh, you can have more than three roles. You have to think about it. And that's, that's the power of, that's exactly it. Think about that. Imagine what happens if you sit down on the weekend or anybody else. And I've been doing this for 23 years, single most important habit in my life outside my spiritual, you know, side of things. Imagine what it's like to sit down every weekend and look at your life through those roles and ask yourself what you can do in that role. That's important. You know, as a manager in an office, maybe it's as simple as bringing donuts into the office. Maybe it's, reaching out to someone on their birthday, things that otherwise wouldn't have happened. As a parent, maybe it's a note to your son or daughter. You know, maybe it's a parent or daughter date or son date, whatever. How about our health, our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health? We can't let these things go. Uh, and if I can just share something briefly, my mom passed away seven months ago from early onset Alzheimer's. And she was 65 at the time that that happened. And one thing that I'll acknowledge here is that we all have different challenges we're going through. That was awful to watch her for 10 years slowly decline and we lost our mom, you know, who she was. At the same time, I watched my hero dad, and this is in the conclusion of the book. I watched my hero dad still show up as a father, still show up as a grandfather. And most importantly, he still showed up for her every night. He'd go to the care center for three hours and take care of her, read the same book he'd read a hundred times, you know, change her, feed her and I watched him, what I would call be a saint that last year. And he would attribute that to his vision, his goals, and pre-week planning. He still had to run a business. He still had these different roles he needed to show up in. Well, how do you balance all of that when your wife is dying and going through something so traumatic? It was these three habits. And so it doesn't matter what someone's starting point is. Can you imagine sitting down and looking at those different roles and asking what you can do this week? And that's why you're accomplishing 800 to 1,000 additional things this year that otherwise wouldn't have happened. 
because we're consciously thinking about what can we do in that role. And it's not reactive planning, like the, you know, the to-do list. This is that taking those intentions and getting them out there and doing things that otherwise wouldn't have happened. So yeah, life-changing habit. I would love to hear what your thoughts are on, you know, let's say, let's say a leader takes this into practice and they're able to do more. How do you begin encouraging other people to do this? Obviously it's, it's a multi-generational thing in your family, but when it comes to business, when it comes to uh, your company, people that you're leading, how can you encourage some of this for them as well? Yeah. Great question. So leadership is kind of like being a gardener. And what I mean by that is it's not a mechanic. You see, I think we can all relate to this, right? If a car has a problem, transmission or engine, you take it into the shop, they diagnose the problem, they get out the wrench, they fix it or replace the part and the car is good to go. That's not leadership. Leadership is more like being a gardener. You know, what we can do as leaders is we can plant the seeds and we can cultivate the seeds and give them an opportunity to grow, but it doesn't guarantee that they will grow. So just like a, you know, if I was going to say, how do you grow world-class tomatoes? Well, a person may say you need to you know, have a good seed in the beginning. True. You need to have water, you know, fertilizer, take care of the bugs, make sure the weeds don't grow, give it sun. These are all things that we can do as a gardener to create the conditions where that seed can grow and become a plant and flourish. Leadership is similar. It's our responsibility in our homes, in our lives, with our teams and people we associate with to create the conditions where people can grow and flourish. Does it guarantee that they will? No, of course not. But when we do the right things as a leader to create those opportunities, most people will grow and flourish. And so it's a really long answer that I could come up with as to all the things we could do. But let me just, since we're on the topic of do what matters most, if I had a team of people or if I had children, which I do, I would make this book, Do What Matters Most, mandatory reading because we're creating that culture. And here's how I view this with my children. I view it the same with our team members in my company and the companies I've started is we want to put them in a place where seeds can grow. You know, ideas are like seeds. And so using that same seed analogy, we want to put our children in places where an idea can be planted, can take root and grow. And so it's no different in the company environment. Someone who's looking at their personal vision, if their vision is out of alignment with their role, they're going to be disengaged anyway. If someone's vision can be articulated and it aligns with their role in the company and what they're doing, This is how we get engaged people thinking outside the box, you know, really contributing to the team, developing their roles and goals, and then doing pre-week planning, thinking about what they can do in their professional role this week. So here to answer your question, all of that being said, how do we create those conditions? Well, I'll just share what we do in our home and what I now have seen thousands of others do is with their partner, each of them will individually do pre-week planning and then come together Sunday evening to go through the week with the family to align expectations and everything else for the week. So that's how it happens on the family side. Taking that to the work side, we have a Monday morning operations meeting or what we call an ops meeting, an alignment meeting. All the companies we work with, we invite to do the same thing. Dallas Cowboys weren't doing this and they started doing this and they called it one of the most important game-changing things they did in their company to transform their culture. And so imagine on a team of say 10 people where every person does their pre-week planning individually prior to coming to that team ops meeting or alignment meeting, and then going through the week of what matters most as a team that week, how much more powerful would that be if every person has done their pre-week planning first? And as a leader, it's our responsibility to give our people the training and the tools and the resources so that they can grow and flourish just like that plant. And so number one, I would have people read the book. 
my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandchildren, when that time comes, I'm hoping that they will read the book and apply these habits because it will change their lives when they do. So I would hope that this is a book that everyone would feel comfortable getting for your children, your grandchildren, and encourage them to read it so that they can start articulating what their vision looks like, their roles and goals, and doing pre-week planning. It'll change their lives. Same exact thing with my employees. I've I've done this in all of our companies. When someone joins our team, they read our books. (laughs) Becoming your best, the 12 principles, and do what matters most. Pre-week planning is is not an option in our company. Anybody who's going to work in our companies will do pre-week planning because I know the impact it will have in their lives, both on the personal side and the professional side. So I hope that answers your question is, we want to create as leaders the conditions where people can grow and flourish. The way to do that is to give them the right tools and resources. So since we're on the topic of do what matters most, this is a book I'd start with. Have them start doing pre-week planning and implementing the tools and watch what happens to their professional results. So Rob, if people have enjoyed what they've heard from you today, first of all, obviously encourage them to purchase Do What Matters Most and to begin applying it to their lives and encouraging others around them to, to do the same. In addition to that, where would you like people to go to find out more about you and the work that you do? Okay. Yeah. So there's a few different options. Let me let me approach this from two different angles, uh, Josh. If someone wants to just really focus on themselves or individuals like within their family, you know, their spouse or their employees, let me call that option one. And then option two is, you know, some other options on the corporate level and things like that. So option one is there's a free assessment that we created called, and you can find it at bybassessment.com. It's a performance and productivity assessment. It takes like five to seven minutes to take. I would encourage everyone listening or watching to go to bybassessment.com and take this assessment. It will point out specific areas in your life right now that are ripe for growth and improvement. So it'll look at, you know, your team dynamic, your family, your personal life. Again, not something to fear. This is something to embrace and and get excited about. Uh, So go to bybassessment.com, take the assessment, and then keep your score. Then we invite you to get the book, Do What Matters Most. Read it within the next 30 days or listen to the audiobook. Apply the habits, especially pre-week planning for four weeks. And then retake that assessment, bybassessment.com, and see what happened in between. And here's my promise. Number one, the score will move dramatically. Number two, people will look at you differently and they'll say, what's changed? You're a different person. It happens every single time. And so that's a starting point at an individual level. Bybassessment.com and then get the book, Do What Matters Most, apply the habits for a month and, and then retake the assessment and see the measurable difference and also the feeling in your life. On the corporate side, there may be people interested in getting certified as Do What Matters Most trainers or coaches. Uh, So you can go to our website, becomingyourbest.com and look at trainer or coaching certification. You know, we do keynotes, workshops all over the world. There's on-demand courses that people can watch on their own schedule to really go deep. So there's a lot of options on the website, becomingyourbest.com. Things like Facebook and LinkedIn, we post motivational quotes each day. So just find Becoming Your Best. And and our our whole vision, Josh, is to add value to people's lives. Our, Our internal vision is to reach a billion people through Becoming Your Best. And so we're just trying to add value and enrich people's lives personally, professionally, and their relationships and help them become the very best version of of themselves that they can become. Well, Rob, thank you so much for sharing on today's show and for giving us some great insight that we can put into action this week. It's really been a pleasure. Hey, thank you so much, Josh. And thank you to everyone who's invested your time to be here. Uh, Hopefully this has been worth it and, and it says a lot about you. So thank you, Josh, for hosting the show. Sure appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to follow up, remember, as always, links are in the show notes below. Until next time, keep living and leading well. 
Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well.